second reading comes from Mark chapter 15, verses 21 to 39. A man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way in from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it, and they crucified him. Dividing up his clothes, they cast lots to see what each would get. It was nine in the morning when they crucified him. The written notice of the charge against him read, the king of the Jews. They crucified two rebels with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, so you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, they said, but he cannot save himself. Let this Messiah, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we might see and believe. Those crucified with him also heaped insults on him. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sambachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, listen, he's calling Elijah. Someone ran, filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who'd stood there in front of Jesus saw how he had died, he said, surely this man was the son of God. That he was crucified is indisputable. That's what scholars and critics, they unanimously agree that Jesus was crucified. They say it's as sure as anything that is historical can be. This really happened, this crucifixion. Unanimously agree, it's indisputable. And they also agree about the excruciating nature of his death, the cross. And excruciating is this Latin term that means tormented. And it originates, that term originates from the word cross. Excruciating, tormented from the cross. It's a word to describe the terror of this cross, the terror of, of this punishment, this destruction, this devastation, this agony of the cross. And we know that Jesus was flogged before this and, and beaten. And they were experts in torture for this, the Romans. And this flogging destroyed muscles and shredded skin. And was designed to stream blood, taking you to the point where you could nearly bear no more, but keeping you alive to take you to the cross experts in torture and devastating a person before they made it to the cross. 
they tore the flesh, they whipped to the bone. And there was no standard way of crucifixion. They could be as creative as they wanted to be with it, so they inflicted pain in all kinds of unimaginable ways. And finally they take them to the point of crucifixion and the nails are driven in. But it's not the nails that hold them up as they're on the cross for the victim, it's that they have to lift on their feet to be able to breathe, to lift their chest, to breathe. Every motion is suffocation, strain to lift and try and survive while they scrape themselves against the wood of this cross behind them, of the beaten and the marks on their torn backs. And finally, they might break their legs as they did to the criminals on either side of Jesus to stop them from being able to lift and to finally bring death. Or in Jesus' case, they pierced his heart. And this whole process is also to shame to bring the most unimaginable amount of shame possible to a person, to take everything and leave you with nothing, with no shred of dignity, completely destroyed. Your earthly belongings divided in front of you as you die and watch this happening. And that is just the physical. That is just what Jesus went through for us in the physical to even try and imagine, as Margaret said, the, the weight of sin upon his shoulders, the crushing weight of our sin is incomprehensible. And when I think of this, when I try and perceive what he endured, this devastation, and when I think on the wounds, they scream out to me, love, Every single battering, every single bit of the beating, every single thing he endured screams out to me, love, I love you. He endured it out of love for us. He bore our sin. He endured the beating, this torturous, tormented death for us out of love. How deep the Father's love for us how vast beyond all measure that he would give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. It was my sin that held him there until it was accomplished. And at the end of Mark's description, it shouts the result. The curtain was torn in two. The barrier between us and God was itself ripped down, was shredded, was torn apart to make a way that we could enter in, that we could come before God, that we could come into his presence and be called his children, his sons and daughters. Praise God. And this is the message of hope that saves. This is the message of the cross and the resurrection. And no one no one of this day would preach this message of his own back or his own intention 
because it was so shameful. The cross was a curse word to the Romans. It was a curse, literal curse to the Jews. Ridiculous and shameful death. How can this be the king? And the irony that they stuck a sign above his head that said the king of the Jews and told the very fact of who he really was. In 1 Corinthians 1.18 it says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. By his death he brought me life. By his suffering sacrifice he brought us in. He tore the veil and he calls us sons and daughters of the Most High. Glory to God. What can we say? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this sacrifice. Thank you, Lord God, for what you did at the cross. Thank you, Lord, for the physical pain you bore for me, for my sin. Lord, thank you that you took the sin of the world upon yourself and you endured, Lord, for the sake of the many. Thank you, Lord, that you're now glorified, that what seems foolishness, Lord, is actually the message of peace and of hope and of the love of God and the power of God. We thank you, Lord, for your gospel. We thank you, Lord, for what you've done for us. Thank you, Jesus. And when I think of the cross, it's John's words that ring in my ears. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. <laughs>